Hello, and welcome to day 16 of our 21 day weight loss challenge. Now, today we're going to talk about stress, but not in the ordinary way that you might have heard about it in the past. Many times we are told, you know, to combat stress, you need to manage your stress, learn to relax, do deep breathing. And there's nothing wrong with that. All of that works. But first of all, what about understanding what stress is? Maybe we start there. Let's go back to the root and understand the true definition of what stress is. And then once we have a really strong foundation of understanding stress, then we can figure out ways that work best for us in our own lives to manage stress. I hope that makes sense. So let's jump right in. Number one, let's learn that, you know, stress really is a delicate balance here, right? It's a balance between understanding that some things need anxiety and stress and worry and, and immediate action, but then knowing when the worry and the constant anxiety have now taken over our lives and create this chronic stress that doesn't necessarily have to be there. So first of all, let's understand stress. So stress is a natural response to challenges or demands, right? So it's the body's way of responding to a situation. It's a combination of physiological fight or flight, response in a psychological perception of the pressure. Okay, that's number one. You have a physiological body response, but mind. But this also goes back to these two things are together. Does the body affect the mind? The mind affects the body. It's like wearing a glove. You don't say, oh, I'm wearing a finger of in the glove. You say, I'm wearing the whole glove. So I really want us to start thinking about the body and the mind as whole. That's, that's very helpful when you start thinking about different things you can do to manage stress. And then you have external and internal sources, right? So stress can be triggered by things like work or deadlines or family pressures. So those are external sources. And then you have internal, right? Which is probably the greatest source, our thoughts, our attitudes, and our expectations. Um, we often recognize external stressors, but we may not be as aware of our internal stressors and our reactions that contribute to stress. Number three, perception and interpretation. Really a key aspect of self-induced stress is how we perceive and interpret, interpret situations, right? So two individuals could face the same scenario and have vastly different stress responses based on personal outlook, their experiences, and coping mechanisms. For example, if you miss a deadline, one reaction might be self-criticism and catastrophizing, oh my goodness, I'm going to lose my job, or which really amplifies the stress, right? And another response might be to acknowledge the mistake and consider if learning from that mistake, which reduces our stress. And now I get to share a personal story. So I went to medical school eons ago. And <clears throat> during this time, I had three small kids. I actually wrote books while I was in medical school, cartoons to help me memorize stuff. That's a, another story for another day. But, you know, I, I was older than the typical medical student and intern. Well, when I was, I believe I was an intern, yeah, because I was rotating through surgery. So as a family medicine resident, you get to rotate through all the different specialties. Uh, internal medicine, like in the ICU, you get to be uh, OB-GYN, you get to deliver babies, you get to rotate through the pediatric 
uh, ward and the ICU, PEDS ICU, the NICU, um, your own family medicine clinic. We had psych ward, urology, and surgery. So surgery loved us because they were always short staffed. And they never quite had enough residents to fill their program where I trained. So when they got a family medicine resident, it's like, sweet, we have a free surgical resident. And they treat us as, as such. I mean, we spent literally 12 weeks with these guys doing everything that a surgical intern does. I learned a lot. I loved it, but I was glad when I left. <laughs> so, but giving it to the story. I think this really kind of goes back to, I just wanted to lay the foundations that I had a different perspective, different coping mechanisms and had been through a little bit of life and why my response shocked my surgical attendings response. So we were rotating through, I was working with a bariatric surgeon. So he did surgeries like gastric sleeves and gastric bypasses to help people lose weight. And when people are coming out of surgery, it's really important to understand their electrolytes and that needs to be balanced really very closely because you don't want to have someone have too low potassium, too high uh, sodiums, different things like that. So that was really an important factor. And as an intern, you rotated first. Like you, you might have medical students rotate before you. Medical student lives suck. Really miserable. Um, then come right after you as the intern and then the other residents and then you're attending. So literally, I feel like a teaching hospital, you get an amazing number of eyeballs on your case. And if they're really honing in, they you'd be amazed at what medical students can fine because they're always looking to impress their attendees and everything. But anyway, I get sidetracked yet again. So you're rotating through. So I'm getting there like at 4.30 in the morning. I'm rotating through all the different patients. I think I had like 15 different patients. So like you're just whipping through them, right? Because it takes a second to go see the patient. You have to examine the patient. You have to look at their labs. You have to look at the last notes and you're writing your own note. Then you're getting ready to present to the attending, yada, yada, yada. Well, this one particular case, I was rounding with the attending. I went through, shared everything. And he's like, this potassium is low. Why is this potassium low? And now that was my patient. Um, for me, it was very straightforward. I said, oh, I'm sorry, I missed that. I will get that corrected. It won't happen again. And I left it at that. I honestly didn't think much more than that. I saw it as an oversight. I wasn't, I need to be more diligent. These are patients' lives that I, it's, under my responsibility, I'm absolutely going to own it and do better, right? There's just sometimes you just got to buck up and do better. And the surgical attending stopped and he goes, excuse me? I was like, um, yeah, that was my fault. I will get it corrected and it won't happen again. And I thought I was about to get, you know, attending, chewing my, you know what, and then spitting me back out because that's what you expect as a resident. And He's like, Dr. Marbus, I will have you know that you're the very first person that has ever admitted to a mistake and said they would take care of it. Most of the time, someone's trying to blame either the nursing, the lab, whatever, but you didn't want to blame anyone. You don't want to blame anyone? I was like, well, no, there's no one to blame because that. what's the point? And for me, it's just a lot more stress to avoid a situation than just own it, turn into it take it by the horns, whatever, deal with the uncomfortable situation and move on. And what happened was I became that attending's favorite resident. Whenever there was an issue, he goes, call Dr. Marvis. So I think it bit me in the butt in the back in the <laughs> thinking about it again. But the point of that was I have chosen to two different stresses, right? So I could 
that stress that was confronting me, I had two choices. I could not deal with it, avoid it, think about it, or come up with excuses, not looking, or I could turn into it, right? Face it, deal with it, and be done with it, right? So those are the things that I wanted to explain how you can amplify the stress by fighting, resisting, not acknowledging, not accepting, or you can say, yeah, okay, got it, moving on, right? So those are the things when you when you make a mistake, and we all make mistakes, and you will make more mistakes, and that's okay. Guess what? We're human. Being a human is a messy adventure, but a lovely one. And But I really wanted to highlight that. Next is really getting to habitual thought patterns, right? So when we repeat negative thought patterns and beliefs, that can really perpetuate the cycle of stress. For example, perfectionism, right? Pessimism or a tendency to overthink can heighten stress levels unnecessarily. So when we think that we have to have everything just right, that can be highly, highly stressful. And so the really important thing to, I want to highlight here is with patients that come in and they're embracing a whole food plant-based diet and they're gung-ho and excited, but they don't see the weight loss they thought they would, or they don't see the reversal of their hypertension. They don't see reversal of their diabetes. They don't see whatever it is in their mind they think that expectation should be. And then they start comparing themselves to others on their journey. And we want to remind you, one, this is your journey. Every journey is different. Everybody's path to whatever that outcome is that you're looking for is different. And really, the thief of joy is comparison. And I don't know who said that originally. It was not my own, but it's a lovely sentiment to this point of when we think that we have to have perfection, that really can interfere with progress, which, again, I think is another quote, don't let perfection interfere with progress or something like that. But getting to that point, how we think about things can heighten our stress and make it more difficult. So what we resist will persist. Boy, I am just rolling in with the the different (laughs) quotes or whatever you want to call those. Anyway, they're very important to understand our habits and our thinking patterns really are the start of our being successful or unsuccessful. And we're going to get to more of that later. But The next thing is control and choice, really. It's really important to understand that while we can't always control external events, we do have control over one thing, our reactions. So those who choose to reframe their thoughts, uh, adjust our expectations, or change our perspective will manage stress better, right? So I think I've said this before in the last few weeks, if you change how you look at something, the thing you're looking at will change. And that really is such an important lesson here. So I I can't highlight enough. It will help in every aspect of your life outside of your weight loss journey. This really is an important piece here. We decide how we see things. We decide how we respond to things. Um, And the next step really gets to self-reflection which is why I encourage journaling. This is why I want you to write things down because there's something about the art of typing it out or writing it down that you now are able to develop a narrative or a story of the circumstances that in your head can be very messy. I mean, we we may try to think of a situation. Let's say that um, you were 
feeling depressed because someone didn't remember your birthday. Well, this can go in many different directions. So maybe someone didn't call you on your birthday and then you think, oh, did something happen to them? Or then you're like, oh no, wait, maybe I didn't remember their birthday. Oh, wait, or maybe, maybe they're mad at me. What did I do? Or maybe I should be mad at them. And aren't I important enough for them to remember my birthday? Do you see where our thoughts go? We all have these chaotic, I wouldn't even call it a train of thoughts. I think of a train as an organization of sequences, but chaotic thinking, right? Because we're very good at that. We're very good at telling ourselves story until we find one that can rationalize the circumstances, whether it's accurate or not, we're very good at this. So self-reflection, thinking about writing it down, going, so-and-so didn't remember my birthday. Okay, what's the next step here? You can write all your emotions down and at the end of it go, hmm, maybe they just simply forgot. Maybe I should let them know. <laughs> it's okay. No judgment and no expectations like, hey, it was my birthday. Just letting you know. <laughs> so again, how you frame it. I am sorry, I got off, I got sidetracked there. Next step, practical steps, right? So we can talk about the practical steps when we talk about the action steps here, but this is going to include things like mindfulness, things called cognitive restructuring, or seeking support from a therapist, um, and understanding that many times we may need someone to help help us really um, figure out and make sense of everything, maybe a situation in, you know, building um, relationships with someone close to your life that you can rely on, that you feel comfortable, you know, seeking help from. That's such a valuable friend. If you have a friend or family member like that, cherish them because it is such a rare commodity. Um, the other thing is empathy and validation. Um, it's crucial to validate your feelings, right? Um, and experiences. You don't want to resist them. You want to let them come and let them go, right? You can choose to think about them and wallow in them and make them worse, or you can eventually just let them go. Um, so I know this takes time, you know, dealing with stress takes efforts, takes uh, time to sit and think and feel what's going on and, you know, sit down and organize your thoughts and think, you know, am I overreacting? And I hate the word overacting, you're just reacting. You know, maybe it's just a, a data point. Maybe it's information that you can just sit back and actually think about. Next, let's look here at our action for today. Okay, action step. First of all, today we're going to learn how to relax. And I think many of us don't do this. I know it's, when I say relax, I mean like really sitting back and taking a time out to unplug, not just numbing your brain, but just sitting back and having time to relax. So first of all, identify some relaxing hobbies, right? So maybe list out some hobbies or activities that you find relaxing or have always wanted to try. Maybe it's painting, gardening, playing a musical instrument or crafting, whatever it is for you. Um, then you need to schedule time, allocate dedicated time to do it. So maybe set aside 30 minutes to engage in one of these activities. Ensure you're free from distractions and other obligations, right? You want to have time to sit and just let energetic, the creative energy flow. And really think about the process. Be mindful while you're there. Don't worry about other things. Start thinking about other things. If you do, if those things just come, just like thank you for visiting and let you flow down the river, float on a cloud, whatever it is, you just need to figure out how you can picture whatever that thought is and let it go. 
So this is basically active being active mindfulness. So I just observe the calming effects on your mind and body. But honestly, I think what happens, for example, when I like to draw and paint, when I'm in the flow of that, of that um, energy just comes, I don't think about anything else, but I'm just involved with the art or the process of creation. I'm allowing myself to be present in that doing, which is such an important piece to the relaxing. And then the writing exercise is really just evaluating how that worked for you. So maybe some prompts are, you know, hobby insights, right? So maybe detail the activity you chose and the reasons you chose it. Um, how did engaging in the hobby make you feel during and after? Um, how was your stress levels, right? So did the activity help lower your stress? Were you able to divert your mind from other stressors? And then think about would you want to incorporate this into your routine? Maybe write down how feasible is this to do this in your regular um ongoing schedule. Um, and you think of this as stress, right? Stress management. And remember, you're worth that. You're it's okay for to spend time taking care of you. And that was the whole point of doing this 21 day weight loss um, challenge is I wanted to approach this in different ways. It's not just, oh, cut back your calories and move your body more, which is part of it, but it is not all of it. There's so much more to the complexity of why people do the things that we do. At the end of the day, we want to hold on in this 21 days, this journey that we've had together. I want you to pick something, at least if there's maybe there's one or two things that have really resonated with you and keep doing them because it's a snowball and you're building your snowball and it's going to continue to grow and you're going to find benefit as you move forward doing those things that have resonated with you during this time. So I hope that was helpful and I'll be back tomorrow with day 17 as we start closing in the end of this 21 day challenge.